coming up on today's episode of the Money Pants Superpower Hour. Do ribbons, trophies, money, and praise create self-confidence? We contend the answer is a resounding no. Today, we're going to discuss where self-confidence truly comes from and why anyone can develop it. We'll share one easy way parents can support their children's efforts to cultivate self-confidence, and we'll show how this one secret will increase your child's chances of getting a better education, have better relationships with peers and teachers, improve their reputation, and open up future opportunities. All this and more, but first, the joke of the day. So an old man lived alone in the country, and one spring he wanted to dig his tomato garden, but it was very hard work and the ground was hard, and his only son, Max, who used to help him, was in prison. The old man wrote a letter to his son and described his predicament. He said, Dear Max, I'm feeling pretty bad this year because it looks like I won't be able to plant my tomato garden. I'm getting too old to be digging up a garden plot. If you were here, my troubles would be over. I know you would dig the garden for me. Love, Papa. A few days later, he received a letter back from his son. Dear Dad, I'd do anything for you except dig up that garden. That's where I buried the bodies. Love, Max. At four o'clock the next morning, FBI and local police arrive and dig up the entire backyard without finding any bodies. They apologize to the old man and leave. The same day, the old man receives another letter from his son. Dear Dad, go ahead and plant the tomatoes now. That's the best I could do under the circumstances. Love, Max. Hello, everybody, and thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Money Pants Superpower Hour. We are your hosts, Hannah and Fontaine Judd, and we're the proud parents of eight sons and seven daughters, ranging in age from newborn to college student. We're both BYU graduates and the creators of Money Pants. Head on over to CaptainMoneyPants.com to learn more about what we do and what we're all about. We believe every person on this planet has been given at least one superpower to help them accomplish their unique mission in life. But the only way to unlock those superpowers is through work ethic. That's when greatness happens. And that's where Money Pants comes in. Money Pants is the complete tool set for cultivating work ethic in all aspects of a person's life. Today's topic is all about using the behavior reports. And quite frankly, Hannah, I can't believe we haven't covered this. I get we've mentioned it, but we've never covered like how to use it. And this is, we've well, used this forever. Confession time. Every time we're done making a podcast, I go, oh, we don't have any more to make. And then we, then we have the next week and, and we introduce the topic and we find out, oh no, we have a lot to say. We have a lot more to say, yeah, but, but this has been going on for 40 podcasts now. <laughs> right. So um, the way, the way I kind of organized it in my brain was, uh, we'll, we'll do this. We'll, we'll first kind of tell the origin of the behavior reports, like how we, the origin story, you know, mm -hmm. every great superhero has an origin story. Well, sort of the behavior reports. And then we're going to, from there, we're going to transition into the next section, which is, you know, why, why you'd want, why would you want to use the behavior reports? And, and then the next section, the, the last section would be, you know, kind of the specifics, like how to use it. How does it work exactly? Uh, ways you can tweak it to make it, you know, specific to your, whatever situation it may be. And so having said that, let's get into the origin story. Actually, it's kind of two stories. It's not one story because we, it kind of, it, the behavior reports have kind of changed over time, but we've been using these forever, basically, where ever since our kids started attending kind of public activities, we realized, and we weren't there, we realized 
that we, they needed some sort of like way to help them out. And so, well, I'll just go into this. My daughter, Trixie, when she was... She was nine years nine? old. Yeah, about nine years old. She had a Sunday school teacher, Brother Moore. Mm-hmm. And Brother Moore was kind of an unassuming guy, not really a... I, I don't know, not re- really outgoing necessarily. Not, no PhD in child psychology here, no advanced degrees in human re- understanding. But, but I mean, he did have a son that he had worked with who had autism that he I, had I raised. Think, I think that and was the that trick. that may have been I, why he understood how to work with kids so well, because he had really had to hone in on those he, skills. He had the magic formula, Hannah. And Trixie still talks about it to this day. What, almost yeah. a, over a decade yeah. later? As a kid, she she would tell me, Brother Moore's class was my favorite Sunday school class I've ever had. And I'm like, really? Why? I was thinking, you know, was he this amazing teacher, whatever? And she's like, well, we would actually learn in his class. And I said, well, why would you actually learn? And she said, well, he had a system. And that ha- everybody wanted to behave and everybody wanted to participate. Everybody wanted to. Yeah. Because of the system he set up. And okay. she said, he's very strict. She says, he expects us to be on time to class. We have to have our scriptures and I forget what else, but it, we had to be prepared. We had to be on time and they had to participate and like and and they had to raise their hands before they could talk. So he had like these rules, these, these specific yeah, some rules, very so, okay. specific things that he expected, and mm-hmm. he 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 explained it to everybody. They knew exactly what behaviors were expected, and and he had this chart, and he told them if you can go four consecutive weeks in a row obeying these rules that I set out, mm-hmm. I will bring you a chocolate bar after the fourth week that you get it marked off. So it was interesting because it wasn't, oh, every time I'm going to give you a chocolate bar. They had to show the behavior that was appropriate four weeks, consecutive weeks in a row. And he kept a chart of it. And my daughter was like, yes, his class was actually more fun than other classes where the kids are... Rambunctious. Rambunctious. And she's like, we all got along really well, but we actually had class and we learned and it was a very enjoyable class. Now, she got the... I remember she got the reward. She brought home the chocolate bar and it wasn't the dollar candy bar you buy in the the, the checkout line. It was a big old... I think it was a giant uh, Hershey's. Hershey's, yeah. And I was like, oh. Wow. Nice. (laughs) So the reward was... Significant. It was significant, but it, it was like it had to it had to be good behavior on a consistent basis over a period of time to get it. But it worked really well. And and so I thought about it and I'm like, you know, a lot of there are a lot of good teachers out there, mm-hmm. um, maybe teachers that are more talented than Brother Moore, maybe, you know, the same or or whatever, but uh, who have lessons prepared and things to share, uh, but they don't necessarily have the skills that Brother Moore had in how he set up his class and motivated the students to behave. A lot of school teachers have that, but a lot of times you you get teachers or coaches who don't have a system in place, but they still have good things to offer. But managing behavior maybe isn't one of their strong points. And that was why he was so unique because, like you said, he had an older, almost adult, autistic son. And this, and we talk about this where we've actually had parents mention, they're like, wow, Money Pants seems like ABA for everyone. 
and it kind of is really yeah. where these principles work across the board and and that he this brother Moore just took those principles he had learned raising his one son and applied it to the class and it worked really well and Trixie picked up on it who is not autistic and she's like oh I like that and she yeah. and she got more out of the class and Hannah you had a good comment you said you know cuz I think inherently kids want to learn but everyone also wants to have friends and they also want to fit in but sometimes if one person is misbehaving they set the tone and so the whole class because they want to fit in they just follow along and misbehave and, and end you, up you, you join in I used to do in. that and you don't feel good about yourself afterwards and I remember distinctly having acted up particularly when my mom was once my teacher I would just act up really badly for my mom and 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 was getting attention and being silly and but afterwards I always felt really bad about myself hmm. and I, I I knew I didn't like how I felt but I also didn't have the self-control to to do something about it we were using behavior reports before him though yes that was that was kind of the solidifying thing we're like oh that's how you do it. Yeah. So I guess we're kind of going out of order, but I, I like starting with that story because of how, what an effect it had and how how clear it was. Like, that's how you do it. Yeah. Th- this is definitely a great idea and we're not alone. Mm-hmm. So, Brother Moore, like you said, he was kind of catering to the lowest common denominator as Mm -hmm. far as behavior goes, Mm -hmm. meaning he was using methods that would work for kids that had more of a challenge with behavior. Who had behavioral problems. Yeah, like uh, kids with ADD or autism, where what he was using would work for those kids as well. And so it, it, but it also was just as good for kids who didn't have those, those challenges. So it kind of... Uh, unified the class in that everybody was trying to to behave and able to respond to well, it. Um, well, that was the thing, though. It was brilliant. Is once he got the whole class on board with this, it really did. It raised the whole class up. It, it's, mm-hmm. Because then everybody was in the capacity to learn. There weren't distractions. And it just kind of it buoyed everybody up. It was kind of cool. And that's why it was Trixie's favorite class. So, but before that, we had used behavior reports to uh, relative success before that with, because uh, we had... We had just started like the year before that. Uh, um, and the reason we had started was because we did have a kid who who was a little more impulsive and love, kind of... Well, love, yeah, love detention. Love detention. And would and, act out. And would, uh, was kind of strong-willed. And so, you know, didn't mind if the teacher didn't approve of them, the sort of thing, or at least didn't didn't like being controlled or manipulated at all. Right. And uh, it had always had to be her choice. Yes. What she did had to be her choice. Mm-hmm. So she was attending an activity group for for girls her age, and she and the teacher were butting heads well, big well, time. Well, she, this daughter, wanted to be class clown and kept acting out. Like you said, she wanted to be the center of attention and she didn't want to be told what to do. And this teacher wasn't having any of it. And like you said, so they ended up butting heads because yeah. this daughter of ours, it doesn't matter what you say or do. She will do what she wants. 
And so what you have to do is, is kind of guide her and motivate her to want to do what you want her to do. And it has to be her decision to want that. And so this teacher was like, you're going to do this and you're going to sit here and we're going to be quiet and blah, blah, blah. And this teacher was great, by the way. And yeah, had and all she these, had all, yeah, she had made, all these great ideas. One and of activities. these very talented teachers, and because this one daughter of ours refused to get uh, controlled, she would lash out and act up in class and distract everybody. And it was a power, and it became a power struggle. Essentially, it just became a power yeah. struggle, and it ended up with. Her not liking the teacher and the teacher yeah, she, she, not she liking said to her. Me, I'm not going to that class anymore. That's it. I'm not going. And the teacher was coming and talking to me like, uh, you're going to have to come attend class with your daughter. She's really well, acting up. The problem, though, was it actually made the whole, it brought the whole class down because the whole class was out of control because this daughter of ours has a very strong personality. And as a natural leader, people would gravitate. And like, like in Trixie's class, you know, everybody kind of follows the leader. And this daughter of ours was kind of setting the tone for the whole class. And unfortunately, it turned everybody to be disruptive. And so the teacher's like, I can't, can't have her in the class. This is a nightmare. This yeah, just isn't working. Yeah, but you can tell the teacher was like really like struggling to even like our daughter. Like she, I'm pretty sure I'm she didn't pretty for sure a while. she didn't yeah. at that point. And, and, but that's just it. Our daughter didn't like the teacher because it was this... It was this power struggle. Yeah, she had nothing nice to say about this teacher. The teacher talked to me and I said, okay, we're going to try something. Let's try, I'm going to try something. I'm going to give her a list of behaviors of good manners that I expect. And I want you to be strict with it, but I want you to mark off whether she did these things or not. And I'm going to reward her at home if she can exhibit good manners and control herself. Mm And so I I offered my daughter, I said, if you can get this behavior report signed, I know you don't like the teacher, but if you can get this behavior report signed, I will give you a dollar. Every every Wednesday when you go, you can earn a dollar just by, and I made a list, You you need to be on time. You need to stay on task and stay focused on whatever the activity is. Got to be respectful. Uh, you got to be respectful. Uh, you got to raise your hand when you want to talk. When the teacher's talking, your eyes your eyes have to be on the teacher and your mouth closed. And you need to be kind to the other kids in the class. Yeah. And and so I sent her with this list, this checklist, and the teacher had to mark it and sign it, and she had to do it in pen. <laughs> that was the other thing we we quickly figured out it had to be in pen and uh sent my daughter to class and it was amazing the teacher immediately at the first time she goes that was great that no, was great nothing short of miraculous <laughs> yes and within a, a couple of weeks my daughter was coming home saying oh i like activities i like these activities we had a lot of fun i like this teacher i like the teacher and she started getting along with the other kids better and liking the other kids better she started adoring this teacher and the teacher started to adore her and because then she began to enjoy her sense of humor and her enthusiasm and of which she had a lot she does she actually has a, she's hilarious she can be hilarious this kid and so the teacher started really adoring 
our daughter and and they became very close friends. Mm -hmm. And my daughter became her main babysitter. Outside of this, they started inviting her to activities with their family, um, uh, her and my other daughter. And they became really, it became one of my daughter's favorite teachers. And a good friend. What happened there? (laughs) What happened there? The the teacher hated her and she hated the teacher. And then all of a sudden there's this complete 180. Yeah, and I could have said, oh, this is a bad teacher, and, and this is she doesn't well, that's appreciate what I, my daughter, and she's not connecting with my daughter. No, my daughter didn't have, wasn't being respectful. But it wasn't a one-time, oh, one-trick pony. This worked week after week after week, and that's when we knew, ah, this yeah. works. It turned around a very bad relationship into mm-hmm. the exact opposite, a very strong and good relationship, one of the best teacher relationships my daughter had ever had. But also because the teacher was a good teacher, because she knew that her activities were going to go well, she started uh, planning even more elaborate and more fun activities and made my daughter enjoy it even more because yeah. the teacher knew that the class was going to go well. It wasn't going to be a waste of her time. Right. Where, oh, she prepared all this stuff and they weren't able to do it because of the behavior problems. And so, so it was this, it was this the class really cool, actually like, became more enjoyable because the teacher knew that she'd actually, it was worth or worth her yes, time yes. to come up with cool ideas. It, it wasn't going to be a complete waste of her time. And it was this kind of this cool upward spiral. And, and then our daughter became even more supportive of the teacher and, mm-hmm. and helped the teacher and keep the other kids in line. And just this great upward spiral. And because she has such, our daughter has such a strong personality, she could keep the other kids in line and make sure they were respectful. And because she respected the teacher, she made sure that the other kids did too. And it just created this really cool upward spiral. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so that's kind of how, that's the origin story of the behavior reports. Those, those two things combined, we really, I mean, obviously now it's, it's much more refined, but that's it. That's where, that's how behavior reports were born. So that, I guess, that, that brings us to the second part of the podcast, which is the big why. Why should you use behavior reports? And you're, first of all, that's what a horrible name, like behavior report. Here, son, take behavior report. Like, we, we changed the name. It's a little different than behavior reports, but that's what it was originally called. And we'll talk about that in a minute. But the big why, why should you use these behavior reports? And it boils down to one word. Aretha Franklin talked, uh, sang about it. So did our favorite uh, movie quote. You got to have respect to get respect by Chris Rock. It's the reason why you do this is respect. And it's twofold. You want to get uh, the respect of others. And you also want to get self-respect. Yeah. So, so the quote, you got to have respect. You've got to have respect to get respect. Mm. That is what that means is in the case of my daughter, she needed to have respect for her teacher first before her teacher began to think much of her mm-hmm. and began to like her and, and so forth. But she needed to show the respect in order for her classmates and her teacher to respect her and think highly of her. Well, and this is what we wrote in the instructions on how to use behavior reports. We wrote this. We said, kids who consistently treat their peers and teachers with respect eventually gain the respect of everyone around them. 
They actually end up enjoying their classes and activities more when they are behaving well. They learn more and get more opportunities than the kids who misbehave, and they enjoy better relationships. They will begin to enjoy the positive reputations that they develop. So this whole idea of respect of others and respect for others, that's where, that's one of the main reasons we use these behavior reports. And we've noticed that even if the other kids may, they may not like you. Like if you're being respectful to the teacher, the other kids may not like you for whatever reason, but they have to respect you. And you can't avoid that. It's because of the respect that you show others, they can't help but respect you. They may not like you, but they have to respect you. When you're respectful to these teachers, and when, like you were saying, Hannah, when, when you show that level of respect, as in the case with our one daughter, um, it changes how others treat you in return and also changes what opportunities are available to you. If you're disrespectful and you're the class clown or you're goofing off or you're interrupting, you're causing misery for the teacher, that's going to come back to you. Well, it's always a, an eye-opener, I think, to high school students when they have to start applying to colleges and they realize that they have to get referral letters. Letters of recommendation. Le- yeah, letters of recommendation from their teachers. And their and, eyes bug out. And, and all like, of a what? sudden they go, oh, that teacher doesn't like me, which translates into, I wasn't well-behaved in their yeah. class. <laughs> Um, they have to go, okay, who was I well-behaved for? And that's the teacher they go to. And they're like, was I well-behaved? Does that teacher like me? And did did I set a good impression? But I wish they would kind of like, make that clear earlier on to the kids that they were going to need that because it's it's kind of this awkwardness when they go, oh. Yeah. And then when they get the letters of recommendation, like to our daughter Trixie, she's been getting her letters of recommendation this year. And she's a well-behaved kid. Like She's respectful. Yeah, she's respectful. But even she was nervous. Like, oh, I wonder, I wonder what they're going to say. And so when they gave very positive reports, it was just like I know it filled her with a I'm so glad I was I I I participated in their class and I was respectful and and what it what happens is that opens up doors to colleges and to and also job opportunities right. as well. Well and that the interesting thing was that there was one teacher who actually made a commentary to her about not being on time. Where that was and that is a form of disrespect. Now, it wasn't her fault because she was waiting for uh, other things. It wasn't. It wasn't her ability to be on time. It wasn't totally up she to her. She was trying to be on time. It but was. that was that was actually one of the sticking points for this professor who thought she was great in all other respects except for. Yeah, there's this one little issue of being on time, and it was kind of a wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Yeah, you, know, you should have been on time, but still, that was a, a little, just a little thing where he picked up on that. Yeah. Where, and I guess that goes right into uh, what we were talking about. You've been the, the etiquette class. Yeah, you want to talk so, about that? So, yeah, recently I wanted my kids to start learning etiquette. So no, I, no, 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 Hannah, not recently. We've been trying to get them into cotillion for years and it just Yeah, yeah. Happened. So I, I started looking at other avenues. We finally had to and, give up and try a different thing. <laughs> so I found a, that there are classes on Udemy. And I think it's pronounced you dummy. You dummy. <laughs> I know it's a funny name. Uh, Udemy. 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 I don't. I think it's like Academy, but for you, you. Udemy. But it sounds like you dummy. 
Here, yeah. we're going to teach you some things, you dummy. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> but but anyway, so on Udemy, there's a class. The first class that we've taken is the British Etiquette class. Mm. And it's the uh, Kensington uh, school? finishing school right. in Great Britain. And so the teachers there, they're teaching a very basic etiquette class. And so... Now, this uh, surprised me because I'm thinking, oh, how to hold your fork or how, how to tie your ascot or how, how to enter a room. Like, I, I was expecting that sort of thing. Yeah, and I think that's a, those are more advanced skills. And, instead. But, but, but uh, instead, they're like, okay, they're emphasizing basic, the importance of being on time. <laughs> And uh, being being prepared, being prepared, and then how to carry yourself and how to dress and present yourself, right. so that you create a good first impression. So, like you know, they they're like, okay, you have one chance to make a first good impression, and so let's talk about your hygiene. Is your hair washed? Is it styled and cut? Okay, are your fingernails clean? Are your shoes scuffed up? Are you, you know, are you know, are your clothes clean do, do, and fresh? Do, do you clothes, smell good? Do your clothes fit properly? <laughs> yeah. Do you smell good? Mm. Okay. And then, all right. How are you standing? How are you? How do you talk to other people? And uh, you know, what's the expression on your face? And and things like that. Where oh, how you? And they explain the importance of when you meet somebody for the first time. These little cues of were you on time? Were you, how did you dress? Were you dressed appropriately for the occasion? These things matter. These are the people, though, that are teaching and training royalty and the, the upper class. And, and, these are, and these are the basics that they all know. Yeah. Is how to, to be on time, which really surprised me, to be prepared and then to, to hold yourself properly. And to, like you said, Hannah, where uh, how you look. And how you hold yourself, and if you but smell how you good, treat, and, yeah, and how you treat people. But it's just basic things where I thought it was something fancier, or and I'm sure we'll get there. But uh, yeah, I, it, I thought these it was are something basics. fancier. But but anyway, so it's been kind of an eye opener to me. Where now I'm like, okay, I need to overcome my habit of being late to things. But, but they brought uh, but, up the good point, and there was a commercial years ago where it was like you never. I think it was a deodorant commercial where you never get a second chance to make a first impression. Or maybe it was a shampoo. I don't know. It was like an yeah. 80s commercial, but it's true. You never get a second chance to make a first impression. And they talk about that in this Kensington finishing school, why it's so critical to, you know, from the get-go to set up that the, kind of the, the relationship. And it's a and you want that relationship of mutual respect. And you're the one who's giving it. Yeah. And so as we demonstrated with the story with our daughter, who started off on a bad, bad mm-hmm. note... And started off on the wrong foot. Yeah, really started off on, on the wrong foot. Uh, she got a second chance. And that relationship was able to turn around. And that was very fortunate. And that's that's good. So don't get discouraged if you realize, gosh, I... I the, kind of yeah, messed the relationship's up. ruined. No, it's not, that's yeah, not what it means. So, it's just... But it's a lot more effective to start off on on a, a good note from the mm. beginning. It's yep. way more effective. And so what we've found since then is that when our, our kids are meeting a teacher, any teacher for the first time, it's very helpful to start out with a behavior report from the get-go. Right. Well, no, because I remember when I cha- I changed schools and social group, I think it was seventh grade. And I was like, I have the opportunity because I was I was a boisterous kid and I would was kind of acting up because I was I was 
put in the, the special class, you know, the advanced class, whatever. So I thought I was all that. And I would kind of act up in the remedial classes because it was below me, blah, blah, blah. And so I, in seventh grade, I got put into a new school in a new town and nobody knew me. And I knew I had the opportunity to reinvent myself. And I remember that feeling of relief of, okay, uh, I, have a, I have a fresh start. I'm not going to mess it up. And that's kind of like what we're helping our kids with, with when they start that new class. Every time you start a new class or start a new relationship, you have that, it, it, you're starting over. You're, you're starting fresh. Why not give them that behavior report to help them make sure that they become and act like the person that they want to be? But yeah, I noticed oh, like ahead. even beyond the behavior reports, like making sure their hair looks extra nice and their clothes look extra nice. Well, and what's, what's the making rule, Making that first good impression. We have the, our, our kids, their, their clothes have to be clean and they have to be modest. So, but that leads into the second part of the respect. And that is once you've kind of covered the respect of and the respect for others, you've got self-respect. We talk about this, where your son or daughter's self-confidence and self-respect increases when they're making good decisions. A lot of people make the mistake of thinking they can build their child's self-esteem by giving them trophies or telling them how wonderful they are. The reality is self-esteem comes from making decisions that are correct and good. If you want to see your child's self-esteem improve, one major way to do it is to use these behavior reports where they have the opportunity to make the decisions to do what's right. Okay, it drives me crazy. The current mentality is that you can build your child's self-esteem. I hear that. I read that. Hmm. And it's not true. It's just you cannot build your child's self-esteem. You can't do it because it's an internal thing. It's not external. Well, I, I had that one friend who's, uh, when I was a kid, whose dad was a psychologist and th that whole idea that you could build self-esteem by telling your child how wonderful they were, that that would build their self-esteem, it, it wasn't working. It didn't work. That wasn't that wasn't an internal thing. Is this the for volleyball him. kid? Yeah, this is the volleyball kid where the dad just was like, "You're great at it. You're wonderful. You're Wait, great what, at what it." What was You're, happening? That... He couldn't catch a ball, or why is he catching hit, a volleyball? Like he couldn't hit the ball to save. Okay, so his he's life. playing volleyball, and his dad's watching. His dad was playing on his team and just was telling him. That was wonderful. That was great. And he'd like totally miss it. It was coming right at him. He'd totally miss it. And his dad would say, great. That was so good. And he kept yelling it. And it was like embarrassing him more and more. And it was actually, he was getting worse and worse. And I remember feeling so sorry for my friend that his dad was saying that because, but I knew that his dad was a good guy and he was trying to help his son. But I also could see this isn't what, his son needed this right. wasn't the type of this wasn't the way to help his son maybe the way to help his son was to later go in private help him become better at yeah, volleyball practice. and actually be good at it yeah but anytime we uh, develop skills and talent anytime we are honest and do things that we know are right anytime we're hard working and Make good choices. Make good choices. It builds our confidence. Well, okay. Our self-confidence. If... And so, well, along this line, our behavior and how we treat other people and whether or not we have respect for others is a huge component in building that self-confidence. Right. Well, okay. If self-confidence could be obtained from external sources, 
then all we would need to do is print out a million ribbons and give them to somebody. And they'd have self-confidence through the roof. Hey, here's a million ribbons saying what a great person you are. And that person would suddenly have self-confidence, right? Like if self-confidence came from external sources, then all we would have to do is... You could buy a kid self-confidence. And it's raw. It's not true. You can't. But how many wealthy kids do you know who don't have any self-confidence at all? My kids go to a school that has the wealthiest, wealthiest kids in town go to this school. Mm -hmm. Yet most of the kids have very low self-confidence, low self-esteem. Because they haven't been put in the crucible of making their own decisions and making the right decisions when put in that position. Yeah, it, it, the the money, the income has nothing to do with how confident those kids are. Absolutely nothing. Yeah, um, absolutely and zero so, influence. Uh, the confidence comes for, uh, internally. You can be dirt poor and have confident kids. Yep. Self-esteem, self-worth, self-confidence is an internal thing that only comes, only, only comes through doing what you know inherently is right. That's how that that's how you develop self-confidence. Yeah. There's no other way. It can't be gifted, it can't be given, it can't be bought. It can only come from doing what you know is right. And so that's one of the major perks. Yeah, yeah. so if you're like reading any of these parenting books and they're trying to tell you you got to tell your child this and that will give them self-esteem. No. That is not true. That is not true. Yes, you shouldn't criticize your kid or tear them no, down. No, we, we have a podcast Th- about that. That's not appropriate. That's horrible for the relationship. But if you want them to develop self-confidence, the, the, the components to that have to come from within and from your child making good decisions. Well, maybe this fits here, but there was that story about the young Louis the Sixteenth or whatever, like 10 years old and whatever, and, and how they... Uh, he was kidnapped during the coup, and they were subjected him to all sorts of horrible food and and vulgar pictures and and inappropriate um, um, women and 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 all the, all the crassness of the world. And, and they were trying to break him. Basically, he's like ten years old or whatever, and he refused. He's like, I'm not. I'm not going to partake. I'm not going to engage in these things. Blah blah blah. I'm finally like, dude, what's up with you? This is fun stuff. It's great stuff. What what's your problem? And he goes. I will not partake because I was born to be a king. Where he had that inherent self-confidence of making the right choice over and over again. So even at 10 years old, he had that self-confidence to stand up for himself, which in turn bolstered his self-confidence more. Where he knew he knew he had to make the decisions appropriate for a king. Right. And so... The whole concept behind these behavior reports is to give your kids kind of an accountability to a higher power. And in this case, it's the parents, knowing that they are destined for something greater and something bigger. And so they don't get lost when they're in the middle of a social activity or something and they feel the urge to goof around or disrupt or whatever or not act like they know they should. There's that, oh, wait, I am destined to be a king. So I like I like that. Okay. Uh, having said that, I think maybe we need to get into the third section of the podcast, which is how does it work? We covered, you know, kind of the origin story. We covered the why, which is self, uh, which is respect, respect of others, and then self-respect. Now let's cover the the how does it work? The the specifics of how does the behavior report work? And 
But going back to this concept though, Hannah, the reason why they work is twofold. There's this inherent accountability of when you get home, mom and dad are going to look at your behavior report and see if it was signed and that you got all yeses. So there's this inherent accountability that you know you're going to be giving an accounting of how you behaved during whatever activity. And so there's also kind of this, I don't know, veiled threat of a punishment. Well, yeah. If my kids came home and they were being disrespectful to the teacher multiple times, like uh, consecutive times, then we'd be like, okay, hey, if this happens again, you are going to get a fee. Or if this happens again, you're not going to be allowed to go. Or Or if this happens again, I'm going to come with you. Okay. What a threat that is. So (laughs) setting up a consequence that way of, hey, if you continue to be disrespectful to this teacher, that's not fair to them. Mm -hmm. And so either you can't go, you'll have to pay a fee, or I'm going to have to come with you. Or if it's being paid through by the school, maybe they have to pay for the class themselves. Yes. That's very effective. So so there can be some consequences there where, Mm. okay, I see this pattern of negative behavior. All right. There's some negative consequences there. So, but the other reason it worked was because there's this there's also a pending reward. So it's it's really effective because there's the threat of a punishment or the promise of a punishment, I guess, but then there's also the promise of a reward. So there it's twofold. The and this is why the behavior reports are actually movie ticket vouchers. And that's, we. I said how we changed the name. We don't call it behavior. We don't send our kids off with a thing on a big sheet of paper that says behavior report. We put on there, we call it the movie ticket voucher. Yeah, so, so how it worked when the kids were in public school, I would just put any of their activities outside of school on this behavior report. Mm-hmm. And so, oh, you have your dance classes. Oh, you've got church. Oh, you've got scouts. You've got football. Uh, football. Mm-hmm. Any activities outside of, of school. I'd, I'd put all their activities on this list. I'd give them... Like a week worth of like little tiny yeah, reports. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There were t- teeny tiny reports. They were all on one one piece of paper. And on the top it said movie, movie ticket voucher. And so if they got all yeses on all their activities for that week, they got to watch the movie for free. Mm-hmm. But every no on there, their movie ticket would cost a dollar. Oh, you got another no? Okay, if you want to watch the movie this weekend, it's going to cost $2 to buy Mm -hmm. your ticket. Okay? And so the price of the ticket would go up the more no's that they got. And so at the end of the week, you know, we'd be like have a movie and they had a choice. They could pay $5, $6, or they could miss the movie. It was up to them. Mm -hmm. But that's how much their movie ticket cost. But it was free if they had behaved well and carried themselves well that week for all their teachers. And so what was good about this is we noticed when we gave them, give them scraps of paper or pieces of paper that said behavior report, the teachers began wondering, oh, does the mom think that they're poorly behaved? And I have the teachers come talk to me and go, oh, you know, Sassy's a really good student. I don't really think she needs this behavior report. Mm-hmm. Like, she's better behaved than everyone else. I, this this is unnecessary. And, and they thought that if they marked something wrong, she was going to get in trouble. And so they were hesitant to be honest and strict about the behavior. But when you labeled it movie ticket voucher, mm-hmm. all of a sudden they're like, okay, 
it's they're they're getting a movie out of this and so it actually helped them go okay i see what's going on here they're earning a movie for having good behavior for me and then they were more strict about uh-huh. oh yeah they weren't well behaved or you know they they felt more comfortable being honest about because, the i guess behavior. because they knew what the consequence was and what was at stake yeah, where, that they were trying to mo- earn a movie. Yeah. It, it wasn't that big of a it wasn't that big of a deal, and it was it was something they were working towards. Now, so, but I need to clarify: this only works if the kids do not have unfettered access to the movie collection and TV shows and YouTube and entertainment and video games. It won't work if they have a movie night. If they're working towards movie night. Then it won't. This it won't hold any water. This this reward won't have any power if they have unlimited access to your movie collection. Because they're like, eh, I didn't earn that movie. I'll just go watch this movie. Like it means nothing. So, and we talked about this in in our podcast where mom and dad should own and control all the media in the home. And if that sounds extreme, go listen to that podcast because I think we laid it out pretty clear. A whole bunch of reasons why, but one of them is this where when your children have to earn some of these privileges, it's one more thing you can leverage to make sure to help them have the behavior that they want. It works really well, but it only works when there's that, uh, when it's a treat, when, when movies or TV shows are a special treat once a week. And that's what we would do, Hannah, in our family. Uh, I think it was Friday night was movie night. And, or, you know, I mean, for a while there, we also did game night, which mm-hmm. was really, we'd mix it up. But it was an activity that they wanted to participate in because they didn't have it the rest of the week. And it was a powerful motivator because they didn't have access to it on a regular basis. And so come movie night, and we would, sometimes we would have that big projector and put it up on the wall. And it was, we made a big deal out of it. And we'd pop popcorn and, and we'd take the kids to the store and maybe get a treat or whatever. Yeah. It was a big deal. And so to miss out on that, they were like, oh, no. And so here they well, are. A lot of times if they had no's, they were willing to pay $4 oh, yes. or $5 for it. But, uh, uh, you know, they realized, and, gosh, I could have gotten this for free. And here's the brilliant <laughs> thing is that we would take that money and use it to buy treats. Yeah. <laughs> so it worked really You'd well. you collect the movie ticket money and then go buy the treats for the movie night. So, so it didn't, yeah, even, it didn't it even cost us anything. Yeah, because there were bound to be a couple of kids who... <laughs> but, it, but it worked so well because... Because of that, the the limits that we put on TV during the rest of the week. Yeah, and it also, like I said, it worked well to allow them to buy a movie ticket, so you weren't leaving people out. Like, right. oh, you're left out. You know, we're all gonna have fun without you. No, they um, had the option. The, they had the option. It was just gonna cost them. They would have to spend some of their fun money to to do it. So it was kind of it, it was very effective. We, we honed this this uh, <laughs> this situation. So I said. When the kids were in public school, I would have them do their activities outside of school. But for the, when I had my kids in charter school, which is more of a homeschool, home-based charter, home-based school. charter school, I well, they, would... Well, they still had classes outside the home, but we actually had 
more classes, teachers coming to the home. Yeah, and so really like with the that. charter school, you have funding that you can use that funding to hire tutors mm-hmm. and stuff to come to your house. So I would hire science teachers to come to our house or writing teachers or math teachers. And what I noticed is that the kids were goofing off for these teachers and either fighting or just being silly during the class. And mm-hmm. I'm like, wow, I'm paying this teacher you know, $45 an hour and and my kids aren't taking advantage of this. They could, if they were taking advantage of this, they could get way ahead in math. They would, but they're just kind of wasting the teacher's time mm-hmm. from their bad, poor behavior. Pretty soon I realized, oh, well, I have behavior reports. Duh. <laughs> Let's put that on the behavior report. And there was this one math teacher where she was a fabulous math teacher, but it, she was She was getting a little flustered with the behavior. She was getting a little flustered where it was like, oh, I'm here babysitting these kids. That, that's what it was. That's And unfortunately, Hannah, that's the current state of much of education in the United States right now is the teachers, many of whom are fantastic teachers, but they're just glorified babysitters. They can't actually teach and do what they want to do and what they're really good at. And they prepare these amazing lessons and they never even get to teach them because there's one, two or more disruptions in the class and it's very disheartening and frustrating for the teachers yes and that was what was happening in our in our own home we saw it with our own eyes we were like the teacher was getting Uh -uh. a little flustered and so well she had a we started using behavior reports and And she was more than happy to say nope 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 and she was strict (laughs) and it only Uh the thing is it only took a couple times only took a couple of times before the kids realized oh wait this means no movie night or this means I'm going to have to pay to go to movie night. And then once it once the the behavior was back on track and everyone was getting yeses all the time, then this great teacher took it up a notch and was like, okay, well, for everyone who has all yeses on their behavior report, I have an activity after class. And this was on her. We were not, we weren't, we didn't hire her to do these other activities. She was just the math teacher. But on her own initiative, she's like, for those kids who have the good behavior, I have these additional activities after class. And she would do like uh, baseball games and soccer games and these yeah, fun basketball fun and activities. Or she'd bring like well, different games. Oh, oh, oh I don't no, know. no, no. It, it was, was Chinese, Chinese yo-yos. Yeah, she taught bring, about how to do Chinese yo-yos. She'd bring a different and, activity like every every week. She's she, really cool. Yeah. Really, really and cool. That, but, but she like, once there was a framework there for her to work with, Mm-hmm. She like was gung ho about it, and it was a lot more effective. And then we combined that with quick points, right? Where we said, okay, not only you get your behavior report signed, but for everything you, because they were using Khan Academy for math, everything you pass off on Khan Academy, you get quick points, and whoever gets the most gets a bonus quick point. Mm-hmm. And so pretty soon, instead of passing off one thing or right. nothing. During the the hour of math class, instead we started having kids pass off ten things. Okay, so this ten is, topics, and this goes and, back to layering rewards, Hannah, where we've got quick points for passing out topics, then we've got behavior reports for movie night, and then the teacher um, uh, joined in as well. And was like, okay, and then I had this special activity after the class if you have these good behaviors, and it works. That layered rewards yeah. concept works so. Well, so uh, this teacher, when when I hired her, we had been out of a math teacher, and the math teacher before that was uh, not 
didn't quite understand how to do math tutoring and was kind of doing the work for my kids. Mm. And so some of them had fallen behind in math. And once we got this math teacher and we got this system in place, they not only caught up with their grade levels, but many of them went beyond their grade level in it math. Like, and I was like, wow. Almost immediately, this is though. It was amazing. So, you know, for the money that I'm spending that we're devoting towards this, it's being used very well. It's not being wasted. Well, okay. And they're getting an excellent education. So the kids were getting a better education. The teacher was enjoying it more, was able to create custom lessons, and, and she was enjoying it more. And we as the parents... We're enjoying it more, all because of behavior reports. Just behavior reports, movie ticket vouchers. So I want to go back though to the nuts and bolts, just in case maybe we weren't clear. So this is how it works. When we have it on the website, you download it, and if it's just it says at the top of the page, I think it says like movie ticket voucher, and it's got a place for their name, and you print one out every week, and you put the date at the top for what week it is, and you use pen because you don't want the kids to recycle old ones. And you, it has, I think, 10 little slots, and it has the, the name of the class, and then it has just three simple questions. Were you on time? Were you prepared? And were you respectful? And then a place for the teacher's signature. And that's it. And so for the 10, during the course of the week, you know, maybe they've got football practice four times. Well, that's four slots. And maybe they've got a dance class twice. That's two slots. Maybe they've got a scouting activity or a um, youth group activity. Or, or church on Sunday. Or a church on Sunday. That's maybe one or two more slots. You know, maybe they'll fill out eight of those, you know, 10 slots on the piece of paper. And the, you ask the teachers to sign in pen, blah, blah, blah. And at the end of the week, you just go over it and go, oh, well, you got to, and the kids know when they got to no. know. <laughs> and they, they know every no will cost them $1 if they want to watch the movie at yeah, the end and, of the Yeah, and week. they don't have to watch the movie. No. They can choose to yeah. skip movie It's, it's totally up to them. But more often than not, as a matter of fact, I don't think, did we ever have anybody just we, skip? We did. Because the, the fees were too high? Yeah. Once somebody had like $10 worth and they well, were like, it, Well, oh. what he was the key is that we had kids who were like, oh, well, I lost my behavior report. And we're like, oh, well, let's see. Are you at eight classes? Times three no's each. Oh, that's $24. Because we're not playing that game. If you lose your behavior report, we assume that you got all no's. Yeah. And so they got really careful with their behavior reports to make sure that they didn't lose them. And so they were taking pictures of them with the phone or, and, and making sure that they didn't, they had a copy or some sort of representation <laughs> of, oh, no, I have my behavior report. So one kid, theirs actually went through the, I remember it went through the wash and they were crying and they're so distraught. And then they found it and they carefully unfolded it and dried <laughs> it because these are pieces of paper. But the, the concept was very powerful and it's a great motivator. And these work really well. Now, we, on the movie ticket vouchers that are on our website, it had the three questions, on time, prepared, respectful. Right. And the reason we changed it to those three is because those are the three basic, basic behaviors that you want. Yeah. However, if your kid is having a specific problem, you can you can look at what we made and make one of your own. Yeah, it's very simple. Yeah, make one of your own and just put a specific question in thing in there like that addresses whatever behavior it is that they're having an issue with. And the reason we though 
narrowed it down to the three questions is because I found that teachers would get annoyed if they had all these behavior reports with, you know, 10 different questions right. on it. So we wanted to make it as easy as possible for the teachers of, of circle, 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 and then their initials. Yep. And and our kids were responsible to have the pen. They couldn't be like, oh, don't, where's your pen, teacher? Yeah, so we wouldn't they accept to, anything in pencil. Yeah, they had to bring a pen with their behavior report, hand it to their teacher, and we made it as quick as possible for the teacher to respond to those questions. And any dishonesty was a fee and yeah. an automatic three no's. So it's just yeah. very effective. So, so, but that's why it's like that. But you can, it's, it's, as you can see, it's not, you know, super complicated. You can adjust it to your needs and, yeah. and make your own. And I, I forgot how much, how, how much I loved these behavior reports until we lost them. There was a brief period of time where we went through some financial, well, some severe financial problems where we, we basically stopped doing money pants altogether. We yeah, couldn't, because we just couldn't well, do we it. didn't know. We didn't know how. Yeah. We didn't know how, and we hadn't figured that out yet. We talk about that in one of our previous podcasts. How that's where we learn to use money pants, but use it just with privileges. Right. Whereas we recommend that you use privileges and money right. combined. But at that point, that's where we realized to that experience was what motive led to us realizing that you need to use money pants in connection with privileges right. uh, and that it it's, way more, it's way more effective. But for a while, we just were like, oh, we can't do money pants. Because we had no money. We have no money. So so in, in that time period, it was funny. We had a teacher, one of our kids' uh, church teachers, and we had just kind of gotten really discouraged and just given up and things were just kind of getting out of control at home and... Yeah. All, all our whole lives just seem to be out of control. Unraveling. Anyway, one of the church teachers, this elderly gentleman, came and came up to us and he goes, "Where are those papers that you used to have me sign?" Because those were really good. Those those really helped out a lot. Those worked really well. Could you do those again? <laughs> because the behavior had started to slip. In yeah. For one of our children, because they, in his they class. weren't accountable. There was no yeah. accountability there. And so by popular demand, <laughs> we tried, we, we did it again, only this time we attached uh, privileges. That's where it became the yeah. movie ticket. Because before that, we, like we had mentioned, we were paying our kids a dollar mm-hmm. for the, the signed behavior reports or, or, you know, they were getting a financial reward yep. and we're like, oh, we can't do that anymore. And that's when we were like, okay, we're going to do this movie night. And we've made a big and, deal out of it, and it's been very, very effective. Yeah, for our and, and so out of, I guess, out of tribulation or out of a bad situation, that's where that's where we came up with. Oh no, we'll make it a movie ticket thing. Instead of handing out ten dollars during the week, mm-hmm. we'll we'll turn this into a movie ticket voucher. So I did want to talk though briefly about like what age we use these with it. It doesn't really help with two year olds and three year olds. It's kind of by about age four, five, they, they can understand. Well, when they start doing and doing, yeah, classes. Well, even church classes, you know, five year olds are there in church classes. I would say five, five ish, five ish. But then here's the thing after about eighth grade, the kids don't want to use those anymore. Yeah. Uh, so your high well, schoolers... Well, it, it's kind of embarrassing, too. Yeah, it's, yeah. No kid wants to be giving their teacher a behavior report, even if it's called a movie ticket voucher. 
So we kind of taper off by the time about junior high, upper junior high. high no, sixth age. graders are still fine with it. Seventh graders are still okay with it. It's not, you know, they it depends. They don't want their friends to see them doing it, but they're still willing to get it signed. But high school, they're like, no. <laughs> well, but that, but the thing is, though, is I think a lot of parents they say, well, I want my kid to be well behaved no matter what, out of the goodness of their hearts. Yes, and this is a great way. This is a great primer. To get them to do that. It, 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 it's, it helps them to know what good behavior is. And, but, but the thing is, is this, we created this for a child who was extremely impulsive and the kid who wanted to make everyone laugh and mm-hmm. had the sense of humor and, and just did not have that self-control. Right. And she wanted it. Though. No matter. She, no, she, she wanted, wanted that self control, but she didn't have. She needed that, sub- support. Yeah, though. she didn't. Ha- you know what? It's a support tool. It's a support tool. She didn't have that support of her parents, basically. Well, basically, well, and similar to my experience, where my mom was my teacher once for a church class, and I was very badly behaved for her. Mm-hmm. And normally, I was a well-behaved kid. You were the best behaved. I kid. was like top student, very well behaved at school. But for my mom, I was not behaving, and I just I didn't have the self control to be well-behaved in this situation. And it was bothering me, but I didn't have the self-control to correct it on my own. Because there was and, no, there was no, the motivator was not there. Yeah, and I just, I needed a little support and there. And when you're younger, what you need are those external motivators. Instead of feeling bad about myself, I, I, I think it would have been, if I had had something like this in place, it would have made me feel more confident about, hey, I can do this. Mm-hmm. And and I'd go. I I feel better about myself and feel more confident about myself instead of having that I'm a brat. And exactly. I'm, what I'm, a, a, what a, I'm hor- a brat. What a horrible feeling. <laughs> yeah. Every kid who acts up and acts out feels that way. I'm and a brat. And it's a it's an ugly feeling. So this is actually a tool to help not only your kids have better relationships, but to feel better about themselves. And we go back to that. You know, they'll have the res- they'll have respect of others, but they'll also have that self respect. Yeah. So, so in high school, they're not going to have these reports anymore. Yeah. And, and, but about that time, it's time for them to start going, okay, you got to do this on your own yep, now. They have to decide. And you got to decide. And they're not always going to decide the right thing, but it's, it's an, at, at that age what? though. They're not? No, no. Wait, I thought if you used money pants, everything worked just right. And these the yeah. kids became these obedient little robots that did whatever you say. <laughs> nope. <laughs> no. Once no. again, let me, let me make, be very clear. Behavior reports are just a tool. It's another tool in your toolbox of potential motivators to help your kids decide if they want, help your kids become who they want to be. Right. And so in high school, uh, that's when kids are trying on the different hats, you know, and that can, that's always a fun experience, but they're trying on the different hats and they may, you know, they're going to test that boundary of, okay, I'm going to, but at least they'll have the memory of what it was like to be well-behaved. Right. And so what I found with our, our one kid who was extremely impulsive, liked to make people laugh and liked to act out as a kid, we found, okay, these behavior reports helped her, helped her with her relationships with her classmates and her teachers. But once high school started and that went away, she went back to 
acting out in some Mm -hmm. of her classes. If she didn't like the teacher, she would give them a hard... Or she felt controlled. Or she felt the teacher was controlling. She would... would Put them in their place. She would put them through a lot. (laughs) Okay. And was funny about it, but but was a handful, even in high school. But what I noticed is high school, that's compulsory education. She had to be there. Right. But I noticed when college hit... She kind of did the same thing for some of her college professors until she made up her mind and realized nobody was making her be there. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, she took ownership of her education and and there was a change there. And she started making her own, realizing it was her decision to be in that class mm-hmm. And wanting that good relationship and wanting the good education. And so eventually that does happen, but don't, you know, she she had to realize that for herself eventually. But when she decided that's who she wanted to be and that's what she wanted to do, she knew what to do. Right. She knew how to behave and she knew what what was possible as far as relationships with, with the teacher. And so, uh, but at that point, it's a decision, a conscious decision. And she had the self-control and everything to do it. But, but so if you have a kid who maybe has ADHD or, you know, is just that kid where they have to have the attention and are maybe a little more impulsive, that's kind of the experience we had yeah. as far as the behavior reports go. It's, it, it's just a tool. It's not a guarantee that it's going to work. It's just putting the odds in your favor yeah, and leveraging just more resources to help motivate their family members to be the best them well, that they can be. But also, uh, the, the other thing is we did not start using the behavior reports with that particular child until she was in junior high. Right, which was almost too late to start. Yeah, and so I, I, there's still that question mark of what if we had started that when she was five? Probably would have been more effective. Yeah, it, it, where maybe it would have created a habit that maybe by the time of high school, it just would have been such an ingrained habit that that she wouldn't think of acting a, a any any different way. Right, because she would have had this, almost the, this internal dialogue going uh, on. This of, is what you do. Right. This is how you act. Well, which and is why, so, the, why the Kensington uh, finishing school, they start young and they teach from a very young age these future princes and princesses and upper class how to act because by the time they're older it's it's like second nature to them and they're like that's just how you do it that's and how they you act, yeah. and they also know what it feels like and it it feels right and it feels normal to them yeah. so I, I just guess what I'd kind of recap and just talk about basically the benefits of you know we talked about the origin story where we had Trixie and her teacher, who was so effective at motivating the kids to have good behavior in his class simply by making these very clear expectations up front and having clear rewards. And then, of course, we had the experience with one of our children, our daughter, who was not having good behavior. And we're, and the hated teacher, the teacher, the teacher, teacher hated, hated her, her back. And, and we were like, well, let's try this. And it turned out it worked really well. And the re- relationship turned around and it ended up being, you know, uh, they became best friends. And the teacher was able to make even more elaborate and more involved and better uh, lessons for all the class. And it, the whole class rose up once, you know, this daughter. Yeah, it was this upward spiral. And then, of course, the second section we talked about was the big 
the big why. Why would you want to use these behavior reports? Why would you why would you want to use these movie ticket vouchers? Respect. Aretha Franklin and Chris Rock, you know, you've got to have respect to get respect. And it's it's a two-way street. Yeah, There's not the- only will other people respect your child more, but they'll respect themselves more and they'll oh, have that self-confidence. That- and so that's the point of encouraging them and supporting them in this in this goal to carry themselves well and treat others with respect. Yeah. Because true that that whole concept of true self-esteem, true self-confidence comes from doing what you know is right. And that's hard. That's hard to do, but this is a this is a way to help motivate that. And then the third thing we talked about was, you know, kind of the nuts and bolts. How does it work? How do you use these behavior reports? And I think we kind of covered a lot of different ways you can use these to to motivate good behavior with your kids and help them. And maybe, you know what, if if you go to your kids and say, hey, what do you what do you see? What do you need help with? And they can make their own behavior reports because they, they, they know who they want to be and they know what they're having a problem with. Maybe they're, maybe they're always late or maybe they're always mouthing off or maybe they're being disrespectful to their classmates or whatever. Put that in there and have, their, have, have them accountable and it works really well. I guess, so to kind of recap, I, in my mind, there are like five major benefits, social skills and grace better education, respect of others, and, you know, a better reputation. Number four, future opportunities. And number five, respect for self. And we, we've touched on all these, but I just want to go over them real quick. Social skills and grace. Your kids learn to become these, these little ladies and gentlemen. And what a, what a great thing that is. Number two, they get a better, better education. And we said this, where when the kids have the, the whole class follows the leaders and, and the kids who set the tone. And if, if that's your kid and they're setting the tone, that the, the tone is respect for the teachers, then the teacher all of a sudden goes, oh, well, I can do all these extra cool activities because I've got such a great, well-behaved class that the teachers then can up their game because they can do more with the, with the students because there are fewer distractions and the teachers do a better job and there's, they're motivated to teach because they're not babysitting. Uh, the number three benefit was the respect of others. And developing that good reputation where, whether it's from the teachers or from uh, their leaders or their future bosses or future colleagues, they will all have the respect of your children where they're like, oh, that child is respectful. That child arrives on time. They're prepared and they're respectful to those around them. And what a, what a great reputation to walk, and to walk into any room having that reputation. Yeah, and, and uh, people start to trust Trust them and, and go, go, oh, yeah, you can count on this person. And yes, they know how to carry themselves. Trust is that themselves. magic word that goes a long way, which leads into number four. The number four benefit was future opportunities. When you have that level of trust, you're going to have more opportunities to do things that otherwise you wouldn't be able to do. Because if you don't have that trust, are you really going to take a kid river rafting? Are you really going to take them on your trip to Europe? Are you oh, really no, going to take them on? You're going to take them to the trip to the zoo. Are you going to really? Are you going to trust them to babysit your children? Like, but once they have that level of trust and that respect, the the windows, uh, the the opportunities, well, blossom. And then the high school students who realize their senior year of, oh. Right. Letters of <laughs> I was supposed to get those letters of recommendation in order to go to the college I was hoping to go to or to get the scholarships I was hoping to get. Oh, 
goodness about that. Yeah. I wish I had known this three years ago when I was a fresh, you know, <laughs> when I was a freshman and a sophomore and a junior and had, had been building that and those relationships up. Exactly. And then the fifth benefit, and we've, I think we've really hit this hard, is self-respect, where when you're, when you're holding yourself well, you have that tremendous confidence because you've been making good choices even when your parents aren't around. And that, that builds that maturity. And you can't deny it because you, you've met those kids. And you've, you've seen those kids where they're like so mature for their age because they're always making, and they seem to always be making that right decision. That, that's what you want for your children. And that's what your children want. Yeah, making good decisions on your own. And that's the ultimate goal is for them to make good decisions on their own. But this is just kind of the bridge to, to, to get ho- them there. Oh, to hopefully get them there. Yep. And in the end, though, it is their choice. Yep. But this c- creates a, a path for them and a support system for them to get there if, it, if they ultimately decide that that's who they want to be. And that's it. Those are kind of all of our thoughts on how to use behavior reports and movie ticket vouchers to, to motivate kids to make good decisions on their own. If you like what you hear in this podcast, please tell your friends. They may want to listen to. We may share an idea or a thought or a solution to a problem they're currently facing. And if you have a suggestion for a future podcast, go to our website under support. Click contact us and send us an email and we will get right on it. And that's it for today. Enjoy some of Falcon Jasper's Maximum Musical Mayhem. Oh, no. No, we're not doing Falcon Jasper. We have a new composer. <laughs> we have a new composer on the scene. <laughs> Enjoy one of our fans who wrote a theme song for the Money Pants Superpower Hour. We'll see you next time. Oh, yeah. You know what time it is? What time is it? It's time for the Superpower Hour. Unlock your superpowers. Ooh, I have superpowers? Money pants. How do I do that? Cash. Ooh, I like that. Money. Ooh, even better. Tell me more. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about now. Talk about what? Cash. Cash? Money. Money. I like money.